Welcome to Rain's Essential Geopolitics Podcast. My name is Lamore Pickholtz, and I will be your host today. Haiti is unfortunately back in the news following another bout of violent protests in the capital Port-au-Prince after a wave of gang killings of police officers. But this is only the latest in a long series of lethal unrest that has shaken the country in recent months. Here to give us more details is Sam Lichtenstein, one of Rain's Directors of Analysis. Thanks for joining us today, Sam. Thanks for allowing me to be here, Lamore. Great. So, Sam, can you just set the stage for us? Can you remind us of what has transpired in the recent past to get us to this point? Of course. And, and obviously, the sad situation we see in Haiti today is, you know, you could go back really decades, uh, if not to the, to the 19th century, to set us on this path. But the really key inflection point uh, was in July 2021, when former President Jovenel Moise was assassinated. Uh, a lot of people, of course, remember this. Uh, this was really a brazen event when a world leader is assassinated inside of his own home, no less. Um, and that really set the stage because because then you, of course, had uh, prime, the Prime Minister, Ariel Henry, who had just been appointed by Moise, I believe, two days beforehand, take power um, and essentially act as acting president. Uh, now, he since then had pledged to hold elections. Uh, this has not occurred in the year and a half since then. They've been complicated by an earthquake that, of course, occurred only just a month after the assassination that basically uh, brought infrastructure uh, and the ability to hold an election to a halt. Uh, and since then, you've only seen this escalation in unrest where you have basically uh, a standoff among uh, Prime Minister Henri, who is not willing to give up power or call for new elections, because on the one hand, quite frankly, he's probably right. They would really not be legitimate. It would be impossible to, to hold a free and fair election in Haiti right now but also himself isn't willing to step aside for some sort of a, an, another opposition candidate. You have a political opposition that's very fractured between politicians in Haiti who can't agree uh, on an alternative to the diaspora in the United States and elsewhere that also is fractured. Uh, and even if they were to agree on, on a candidate, really doesn't have the power to affect change. And then just on the ground in Haiti, uh, you have really just a, a really a terrible security situation that I know we'll get into in a few minutes where gangs effectively control by the UN's estimate 60% of the capital uh, and other areas of the country as well. So really holding any sort of election in these circumstances uh, would be challenging, if not impossible. And right now, we don't have to be candid any way out of this situation. Thanks for that, Sam. So can you tell us a little more about what has sparked the latest violence and in what ways is it different from what we've seen recently? Sure. So unfortunately, you know, it seems like every other week or so we have some new outburst uh, of lethal unrest. And uh, the latest inflection point came on January 26th. Uh, that was when we saw major protests throughout Port-au-Prince and other parts of Haiti uh, being led by not only civilians, but also crucially here, police officers. And the reason why they were protesting is that over the past week, uh, gangs had killed approximately 10 police officers uh, and not just killed them, but to be candid, really brutally mutilated them. There were photos being shown on social media of gang members basically posing with dead bodies. Uh, so really just like a, quite an affront to, to the police. And so on January 26th, you had these massive protests throughout the capital in particular that really cut off traffic to, to huge parts of the city, including also to the international airport, where uh, really crucially and notably, Prime Minister Henri had actually just landed uh, and the protests actually temporarily trapped him there, kind of showing you just how 
tenuous the security situation is that the prime minister himself uh, can't escape this. Uh, you had police officers going through the city, kind of firing their firearms in the air. You had protesters burning tires in the streets. And so, to be candid, we, we've seen this repeatedly uh, over the past few months. In fact, uh, basically since uh, the summer of 2022, you've had protests, uh, you know, every week in, in Port-au-Prince in particular, uh, with similar displays of violence. But what made this unique and different is, first of all, the incorporation of the police uh, into these demonstrations, and then also, secondly, the really explicit calls, particularly from the police, for Henri to resign. Uh, and we've, of course, seen a lot of general protesters call for for Henri's resignation in recent months, but now having the police not only taking part in the protests, but also demanding his resignation uh, is something that is a little different than what we've seen previously. And aside from the obvious human tragedy here, what are the broader implications of the uh, of this ongoing unrest? Yeah, you know, tragically, Lamora, I don't really think we can underestimate just how awful the humanitarian situation is in Haiti. Um, you know, I do think it's worth just, you know, stopping here for a moment to talk out that insecurity is is truly rampant. Um, if you read reports from any NGOs that are active on the ground, the rates of kidnapping, extortion, poverty, malnourishment, etc., are just off the charts horrific. Um, and so, you know, first of all, I do think we want to at least acknowledge just the, the terrible suffering that's going on there on a human level. Uh, but to your broader question, you know, we, of course, here at Rain are not just looking at the human tragedies on their own, but also trying to explain, you know, kind of what they mean beyond them. Um, and so there are a couple of implications here that I, I'd flag, uh, the first of which is uh, migration. Unsurprisingly, given this really horrific uh, security and economic environment in the in the country. We've seen a huge outflow of Haitians over the past two years or so, uh, and we're expecting to see further uptick this year. Um, this is notable not only because, uh, you know, migration flows in general are something to monitor, but the broader America's region has seen a huge uptick in intra-regional migration, people trying to reach not only the United States, but crucially other countries uh, that are just simply not where they're coming from, that are just by, you know, by definition and comparison and safer uh, to where they they live. And so we're we're concerned not only about what the outflow will mean on its own, but also in comparison um, with the other uh, forms of migration that we're seeing from other countries in the region. Uh, the second thing I'd flag here is the role of gangs. Um, and I think we really want to pause here because we have a, a situation, particularly in Port-au-Prince, where you have the, the capital of a country that, by the UN's own estimates, is more than half controlled uh, by gangs. And and so I think that's something we really need to pause and reflect on. This is a country uh, that is basically in which the, the government and basic services have broken down. You have gang control. And I think it's really a warning for a lot of other countries, not only in the region where you see similar influence of gangs throughout Central America, for instance, but also in other parts of the world uh, where we look at what makes states really fragile um, and the influence of non-state actors like gangs, of course, is always relevant. But here's really not just a hypothetical case, but something in reality. And then the third thing I'd flag here, and when we, we can end here, is the idea of international intervention. Um, you've had the government uh, in fall of 2022 basically publicly call on some armed force from a foreign country, be it uh, the United States, France, the uh, United Nations, Canada, someone to send uh, armed forces that are able to remove the gang's control. 
Unsurprisingly, though, this is a massively contentious uh, idea. Obviously, Haiti on its own has a really tragic history of foreign occupation and colonization, particularly from the United States and France. Um, You, of course, have already had UN peacekeepers that have been in the country in previous decades, and so this is a country that has seen repeated foreign interventions and tragically has not put it on a better course, and so you can understand that from the Haitians' population's point of view, as awful as things may seem, they don't see uh, foreign intervention as necessarily something that's going to help them, and so how the United Nations uh, and the international community more broadly handles this question of foreign intervention is going to be really delicate and I think is really going to have uh, a key impact on the trajectory of the instability that we're seeing there now. Sam, thank you so much for your insights today and and for helping us get a better understanding of the situation. Thanks for having me, Lamore. Sam Lichtenstein is Rain's Director of Analysis. You can hear and see him on all matter of news media channels, but you can also get direct intel updates from Sam and the Rain analysts. Try Rain Intelligence Briefs. Our intelligence briefs separate the signal from the noise and turn information, of which there is often too much, into actionable intelligence. Visit RainNetwork.com to sign up. That's R-A-N-E Network.com. Thanks for listening.